0: Do mm. you think they know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they're going to find out. They know. Everyone's going to uh, find out real soon. really. It's really going to be quite a surprise. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Welcome to <laughs> the made all-of-fake television show with Lamar, Dominique's son's cat, um, and Dominique himself, who is hey. ducking and weaving. Um, we're trying to do something a little different, Dominique. We're going to have Mina Kimes, our friend, who you may know from the internet and also uh, wikifeet.com. Um, we're going to have a bunch of topics, but we're going to do a little you and me bonding time, I think, right? Just a little bit of you and me. Are you cool with that? We keep Alabaster out of it. As we'll long as Lamar up. gets down. Get down, cat. Come on. Come here. <laughs> Play the music. Come on. Come on. That hand, that hand, that's either Alabaster or Brian's hand. Um, it's pointing at a topic that I actually do want to talk about because I have never been punched in the face by a teammate. I don't know if you have. Nope. But And a face mask. I've been mid- punched in a face mask, but go ahead. How would that feel? Like not at all? Didn't even register?
1: No, it didn't really hurt. But I mean, you have to fight in training camp. It's a weird thing. That's a rite of passage. Yeah, Everyone fourth has to grade. fight. Yeah. Fourth no.
0: grade, a kid named Freddie. That was the last time I got punched in the face, <sighs> just full disclosure. But Jordan Poole experienced it well maybe not to the face is currently being alleged but he got punched by Draymond Green and my whole reaction when i listened to this when i saw for the first time dominique was like startlingly numb yeah i was like ah okay yeah and then i thought about it and i was like why is that and i think it's because i have already a built in like a weird set of expectations for the guy who got suspended during the nba finals yeah. it's like if no one can control themselves like Clearly, Draybod is like atop that list even still. And and I'm wondering how it struck you.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think man. I probably had the same thing. And uh, nice pun. Um, I also feel like Draymond, it made me think more about Draymond Green and, and what he is as a player and as a person and how rare it is that someone finds the exact right place for them to be in life where all of their <laughs> like, they're oh, like, right. Shortcomings are like actually assets in this situation. Like how impossible it must be for someone who was like born to do something to end up in the exact place. Like I don't think I, I just try to play out Draymond trying to exist in any other walk of life. I'm sure he would have figured it out, but even as a basketball player, there is only one team. I feel like. In the, yes. in the current NBA where Draymond could have been there and been and grown into this person that he is like he could have made it to the NBA obviously and played well maybe been a starter somewhere but like he's a legitimate sure. hall, hall of famer and linchpin to this team and a lot of it is because of the behavior that we're now going to pretend like we're upset about it's so, so like
0: his, no it's a great it's a really good point because all of his limitations are minimized because he has all of the skills around him shooting specifically that mitigate all of the ways in which he's a flawed player. But then the leadership thing, my main thought honestly was not only am I numb to this, I think we could do a pretty good job of spinning this into a good thing. And I say that because Draymond Green, not only is our expectation for him different, but like, man, if you're the Warriors, you have Steve Kerr also the one head coach who we know has famously been punched in the face. (laughs) By Michael Jordan, yeah. like, Draymond has a podcast. Steve Kerr has the ability to go out there. You could give me, like, so there's this question now. Do we suspend Draymond mm-hmm. Green? If you're the Warriors, this feels like as big a problem as you want it to be. Right. If yeah. you don't want it to be a problem, you can absolutely spin this into some weird leadership lesson. Yeah. But the underlying thing about this, Dominique, the reason why you reportedly believe it happened is because of money yeah because um, and i wonder how money factors into this in ways that you can't actually get over if you're the guy getting punched in the face who's about to make nine figures in jordan pool on a rookie extension and draymond absolutely thinks that he's eating off of his plate now
1: i as a coach on an organization maybe i punish him for the pr part of this but if I'm thinking, well, the- you, you, wait, you
0: you 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 like this? That's what I'm I don't, getting in between lives. I don't like it.
1: I wouldn't like that done to me. But I do know that the fear of a team that's had as much success as they've had, the fear is to come into camp and not be committed to winning and not have intense practice, especially in a sport like basketball. The season so long, and it's like you're not that into it until later. Like right. I guess in my mind, I know it's not binary, but I'm thinking, would I rather? our team have a lackadaisical attitude about training camp or would I rather there be a fight? And I Dude, know that's an where, this unfair- This is where you
0: like it. This is where you're liking it. Yeah, well, is, it's an unfair also...
1: binary to create, but if well, that were not... a binary, punch me, punch the coach, <laughs> punch the GM, punch Joe Lakeup. punch anyone. <laughs> Let's get us another trophy in here. Get another Larry in but, the building.
0: But this is exactly what the problem is too right? right. We're absolutely gonna play the results. exactly.
1: Of course, there is
0: no trusting of, of a process here. Like it's exactly uh, about: Are they gonna win another title? Are they gonna be a contender in a way that this does not get recast in the documentary with sad music, or is this the one, the scene where you kind of like laugh about in retrospect? Right? Like I always think about that: Are we, are we the villains or the heroes of our documentary? Right now, I think they have the ability to shape perception, but the only judgment that's gonna come is gonna come based on whether or not Larry showed up.
1: Yeah. And the the money thing. I want to hear you talk about the money thing because yeah. Draymond wants some and they are, I mean, they already are paying crazy luxury
0: tax. They're strapped. Yeah. Man. They're like the payroll. We're talking about like verging on like $400 million. Some insane number, right? Like what they're talking about is the most money pay- paid to a single basketball team, I believe. And so- Jordan Poole is one of those characters, right, where, and this is, you know, with the Warriors, with any dynasty, Dominique, you talk about the disease of more and how this tends to fracture things. Everybody wants more, everybody wants more shots, everybody wants more money, and so forth and so on. In a cap sport, or at the very least a luxury tax sport, like the NBA, like, does Joe Lacob care? We're now getting signs that he's willing to spend beyond what any other owner is willing to spend, but that does not mean that he's willing to pay Draymond Green as much as he would pay him if Jordan Poole was not there right and, and so that's the zero-sum game of like Jordan Poole is by no means as important to the Warriors as Draymond which has to be infuriating to Draymond insofar as okay. he is
2: See, that's where I'll stop you talk about that's that. where I'll stop okay.
1: you we saw how important he was and also like how mortal he is as a basketball player last year because it felt like partially the finals kind of turned on on Draymond going from like being a negative on offense to being like sure. a, a neutral and plus on offense. So, yes, his value is important, but this ties in the money, ties into playing time. We all know that if they are going to continue to win into the next decade, like a Joe Lakup wants them to, it's going to be around Kaminga and Poole and these young guys. It's not going to be around these old guys who like, Towards the end of, like, Kobe could be an example where it's like, all right, you've been great to this organization, so we're going to pay you while we stink. The Warriors don't want to stink. So how are they well, going to get away well, with paying well, these guys the, and I then also playing them? It's,
0: well, it's- the, the little wrinkle, the little wrinkle, and I know we have to move on in a second here, but the little wrinkle is simply that the old guys are not created equal. Yeah. Steph is going to be out there till he's 50 goddamn think? years old shooting threes, Dominique. Oh, no, I And Draymond's going to be the one, I don't know, being – one of the worst bad team players you've ever seen, like the Charlotte Horde. That is what I think he is trying to fight off. Okay. And we know that the best version of Draymond is actually exactly where he is. But anyway, well, I can't wait I for the conversation. Have...
1: Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go to my of stuff, okay. but I'm looking forward to the market for Draymond Green. If you're one of these bad teams, oh, oh, like, guess
0: what? You, you know, you know, it's booming though the podcasting market. Oh, yeah, Draymond will get on. a oh. nine-figure oh, podcast. deal. Absolutely, absolutely. All right,
1: <laughs> let's go to the thing I care about that is decidedly less fun, but it's about Tua, the concussions, McDaniel, and even what we saw with Naheem Hines on Thursday night. The one thing that kind of really jumped to my mind and grabbed my attention is other people or other coaches, John Harbaugh like was kind of outspoken about how uncomfortable all this stuff was. And Mike McDaniel is still kind of strident in his, uh, in his defense of himself and the organization. And it doesn't quite make sense to me. I generally think mm. when something's as obvious as that, or even when it's not as obvious, the best thing for you to do is accept a responsibility and apologize. He's trying to pee on our leg and tell us it's raining. Isn't that a thing that people say where it's like, oh. It, we trust this process. I don't remember the exact quotes, but no, it was but, just like, like very defiant right. in how he would never put people at risk and stuff like that. It seemed absurd.
0: you know what it sounded to me? It didn't even sound absurd. It sounded like a guy who would like actively is worried about possible litigation or if not litigation, then like the seriousness of being at the center of like what has clearly been the number one story and but scandal the, simultaneously in the NFL. This year.
1: The way to protect yourself against that is just the truth. I'm a football coach they told me he could play, I put him back in. If I were given this opportunity all over again, Mm. obviously I would never do that to someone. I was, and they fired the guy who was responsible. That's it, don't get up here and start lying, like no, we ain't do nothing wrong. Like it's something, there was a hiccup along this process. So you don't have, and it's not your responsibility. Well, fine. that's that's
0: that's that's the thing, right? They have a fall guy. And by the way, the fall guy is sort of a pejorative term, but like he may actually just have been the unaffiliated neurologist who just was absolutely irresponsible in how he evaluated. And therefore, maybe you can't actually pin all of this on him. But if you're the coach, right? Like one of the questions that I have just thinking about how McDaniel is navigating this is whether it feels like he's heat checking to you. Because <laughs> I love Mike McDaniel, yeah. right? Like he has been a darling at press conferences. He is all of the things that especially like a nerd would like. Right. So I get all of that. Try to be self-aware about that. I'm just wondering if he's over a scheme a little bit.
1: Yeah. I mean I think that being a we talk about this often is how being a head coach is not really about being a coach or at least the hardest parts about being a head coach is not coaching. And one of those things is like understanding who you're talking to. When you're doing interviews and doing press conferences and understanding what your message should be, it's very much when you say that someone is a CEO of a team, this is part. It's like one of the most important parts of being a CEO is like communicating to Wall Street and communicating to consumers. And you need to be smart about that communication. And maybe he thinks this is being smart, but he's not fooling us. And it's weird.
0: Like, do you want to stay focused here on this scandal or is this a story that is telling us something larger or are we missing the bigger story here? Because something that stuck in my brain ever since we talked about it the night of Dominique was was the mere scientific reality that like the subconcussive stuff is the stuff that is also incredibly dangerous. And that's yeah. CTE and neurological damage is not just about the big ticket items. And yeah. so all of this does even feel, even the conversation around this feels like a cover-up, honestly. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, I, have done this, this conversation a number of times, which I guess is why I was steering away from it because I assume all of you consume everything that I put out and I didn't want to repeat <laughs> myself, but if you have us not, the, give us the caviar. Uh, yeah. Give I mean, the, 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 sure. The, the, the nice cuts. I was in New York last week and you didn't take me for caviar. I'll be up again next week. So. All right. Put it on my yeah, tab. Sure yeah. I, which is yeah. your tab. So. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, if we're going to be honest about this, the concussion protocol and all of these, like, activities around protecting people is a lot about protecting us from having to face the reality of what we're watching. And, like, I think we should be honest about what we're watching and be honest about the circumstances that we put the players in and the circumstance that we put ourselves in. So I think we want to pretend that football is safe and it's okay to watch. But we also know that football is never going to go anywhere because it's too popular and it's too lucrative. Because as football stands right now, it is not safe. Like if you are, you, I mean, we have no evidence and maybe they've improved the game enough that 20 years from now, the kids who are just starting to play football now, maybe everything's so much better that there will be no occurrences of CT. I doubt it. But for now, the players who are playing with equipment that they're playing with, they have subconcussive episodes on every single play. And that is just as likely to lead to like brain damage as big knockout blows. And if you think about the players who we've seen in the past who have committed suicide and had very harsh, like CTE um, repercussions, they aren't quarterbacks and and some of them are receivers, but in large part, it's like linemen and linebackers. It's guys who we never actually see laid out on the field like that, who never Mm. are in a position to get like, concussed in a way that's gonna have the whole country talking about it. But they go every game and do it all game long and all practice long since they were kids and that like builds up. And so since this game is not going away and since it's not safe.
0: By the way, it's not only not going away, it's becoming the most popular and only monocultural institution in America.
1: Yeah, and so like it's, all those things are true. I, I think we just need to like be conscious of that when we're talking about this. And be conscious of that when we're being critical of the players or how much money they make or, or sure. how much risk they take like that to me. And this is when my bias starts to creep in, is it always goes back to the union and that I kind of feel like anybody who plays professional football for our entertainment should be like set for life immediately well, upon <laughs> walking on the field. And it wasn't true for me. And it's not true for most players. Is like you got to get to a second contract. You got to go through this stuff for four years at least before you actually are financially set for life. And then your health care is only extended for five years after you retire. So like all those things are things that we fight for as players, but it's hard to get. And I wish that all these impassioned people who are upset about how tours treated would be as impassioned about pushing the league to
0: provide those things for the players. Yeah, I mean, I think there's, a, there's like a natural assumption uh, on the part of like fans to think like, look, i get that boxers live shitty lives you know and like yeah i'll I'll feel bad when i see that but the fact is i mean and and this is where i want to make it a little bit uncomfortable for you because i do want to know like to what extent were you aware of all of the risks to what extent do you think players now are aware because the way i justify it is through boxing dominique
1: yeah I i say to
0: myself i watch boxing it's consensual it's yeah. informed and consensual. There's no ambiguity about what you're doing. You're concussing right. each other.
1: Yeah, I so mean, what is it in the NFL, as you understand it's, it, it's um. Well, I mean, the boxing thing, I get, you, I get it. But like, uh, boxers don't come from good situations. So no. like, it's it feels very like very much like a, a um a trade-off where we as a society or a fan base are like, all right, hey, poor kid, you can change your life. But you got to get pounded in the face for my entertainment for a number of years first. So, like, while you're saying that it's consensual, and I know that you aren't creating this contract that these no, you're right. have to have to sign, but, um, and I guess you could also say that that avenue would not be there. It's not like if we stop watching boxing, then all of these poor kids would have opportunities. No, they just would have no opportunity. So, I think that is uh, like instructive when you talk about like how I approach it or how other players approach it. So, for me, I was in the league and um, a leader in the union when uh, the New York Times piece came out and we started to learn about how the NFL was hiding concussions. Up until that point, we all were living in a bit of a naive bliss where it's like, all right, yeah, you get knocked out, we laugh at it, and you shake it off, you're fine because the impacts aren't immediate. But if I'm being completely honest, I'd love to say that if I had that information, I would do something differently. But given the results, of my life and yep. how
0: I feel and right There we now, are again, Dominique. Plan I would do results. it all again. We're playing yeah. the result again.
1: <laughs> and But the problem is I don't know what the results are going to be 10, 20, that's 15 it. years that's, from that's, now.
0: That's, and that's the uncomfortable part of this. Yeah, I if forcing I find, <laughs> yeah.
1: If I find myself, the thing is I'm not uncomfortable with it. It makes everyone else uncomfortable
0: yes, to, to
1: hear me. like I've, I've been living with it and thinking about it and talking about it My most of my adult life. So it doesn't make me uncomfortable. Yeah. At that point, I'll feel differently. If like I'm in some deep throes of depression or, and I guess if I have dementia, I won't think about it differently because I won't be thinking very much at all. But until that point, I'm happy with the trade-off that I've made and, and the the life that my family's able to lead because of it. And I think a lot of players feel the same way. And it, it also, yeah. and I think it, it it self-selects for these type of people because I started playing football. I was a better athlete than most of the kids when I was young. But I, I chose football. what your screen football. name
0: was, Dominic.
1: <laughs> yeah, I chose football. Tell them what it is. It, it was uh, NFL bound, 36. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I chose football because it was masculine. And mm. like I chose football because I was like, that's what the tough, that's what the manly men do. Like basketball is cool, but like no, they're soft. And baseball is even softer. Right. The manly men play football. And that's why I chose that. And I think a lot of kids are choose that also. And then this, like, sacrifice narrative only, like, reinforces that. Whereas, like, I'd be lying if I don't take – if I said I don't take some bit of pride and, like, my kids having really nice things and I'm limping across the house. Like, yeah. I did that for you. <laughs> this, this ACL here, right here. That's,
0: that's why you got an iPad. Is <laughs> this, this hip lip? The, like, the ways in which I feel exactly that way without risking any part of my actual body just yeah, makes me all very feel sad. Like, no, feel like, I'm a dad cracking my neck. You are, This is how this <laughs> couch was bought.
2: Uh. all of these these
0: carpal tunnel syndrome symptoms (laughs) you can you can relate and
1: i think all parents can probably relate i saw the check mark come up so i think alabaster might
0: be here's the thing thing, dominique here's what they want you to do they want you to use your neurons whatever remains of them to talk about the next topic (laughs) which i'm actually happy to do because i'm also into this one our boy our kid continuing the parental metaphor Our oh you want to claim them now Oh, no, Dominique, oh, Dominique. Oh. I feel so much like a hipster talking about the French kid, our French oh. kid, our little Victor Wembanyama, who is the biggest little kid I've ever seen in my entire life.
1: I'm so like, proud of us getting on it early because we're not struggling with the name when the rest of these fools out here double. <laughs> we already did that. We, we had, had a preseason. We had a preseason. We are fluid with Wimbanyama
0: when Look Banyama had uh, i believe let's let's get the number right here yes he had 36 and 11 today he had like 37 and a million yesterday i mean this is earlier this week rather i mean what i witnessed this week dominique we can nerd out and just actually go. you know there we go gush about him in a second but what we witnessed truly was the change in the narrative It is now over for people who thought that this was going to be a secret, a bandwagon to climb onto. LeBron James has put himself right at the top of that list. He is now driving the bandwagon saying, these unicorns that you've seen are not shit. Victor's an alien, right? And I get it, man. We watched him. We both, I think, we
1: we (laughs) agree. I don't know. I, I mean, if we got clips, show them. If we don't, y'all should go ahead and turn this off and go ahead and look up some clips and see what I'm talking about. That dude is different. I, I told um on my podcast, I told my friend Charlie that
0: mm-hmm. never heard of him.
1: Everybody else in the NBA, you got five years. You got five years left to get an MVP, to get a, a Larry OB. You have five years to get a defensive player of the year. Uh, whatever, you got five years. I'm giving yep. you five years, and that might not be a, that window might be smaller than that. dude. Because wherever he lands, he's he's as fluid as Kevin Durant. It's and
0: insane. Seven and it's not just it's over for everybody in the league. It's over, it feels like, for everybody who's not seven feet tall and fluid like Kevin Durant anymore. <laughs> like, this is the big... I don't know if there's been such a clear shift in the paradigm. Like... To be the best at this sport, Dominique, you need to look like this. <laughs>
1: <okay>? <laughs> like, I feel like that. that's appropriate. I, I no, don't no, think we should beep it. I think you guys need to
0: be confronted with this language because it's the only way to get your attention and let you know how serious
1: right. this is. Absolutely Man, got right. an you, wingspan. Thought,
0: you thought Chad Holmgren was the future. Like, watch this kid now, okay? They, they
1: played against each other in, like, some international
0: oh, 17 yeah. and
1: under thing. Yeah, and yeah, Vic yeah. gave him business.
0: <laughs> Victor Wembanyama is, like, picking people apart and sucking the flesh off of their bones. What he is doing, like, trying to guard him, trying to build a team that doesn't have one of these guys. I mean, truly, though, like, the idea that right now to be, the next great NBA star, you need to be seven-four. You need a dribble. You need to shoot. You gotta defend. You gotta move. You gotta shoot fadeaways off of one dribble in the corner after taking the ball at the top of the three-point arc, right? It's 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 hyperbole so, is a thing I want to be mindful of, but I feel like in this case don't, don't that be, does not apply.
1: Don't be mindful. So like the number two, projected number two pick, Scoot Henderson, don't is scoot. a point guard. And Victor stripped him like that (laughs) like that should give you an idea like the play is ridiculous that you're talking about and he also like he had a in the very first i think the first offensive possession uh for the opponent in one of these g league ignite games his help defense came over and just like pinned the ball on the backboard just like it's it's yeah i don't know i just y'all just need to watch him and get ready
0: oh we have an interjection from a oh. producer who has remained suspiciously quiet this entire time.
3: Hey guys, hey, first time, long time. Um, I do have. <laughs> don't one you put question. no water I on it? I don't want to pour. I don't want to pour water on this because I'm as excited about this hybrid sounds of like Giannis he's, and, like Ralph he's and Kevin Durant. A bunch of water. I'm that. about to pour water on it. Yeah, that's right. Is, there, is there a chance we're overhyping him and he's just running no. incredibly hot right now? No, no, Because he didn't shoot no, this well no, in the EuroLeague no, last no, year.
1: No, no, no. I've seen the clips and I was <laughs> concerned about them clips coming over here and I've seen him play a full game now. And no, we aren't overhyping him. There are some people that you know. I mean, I'm sorry, Pablo. You can I go know, ahead. I mean, like the health thing is a concern, I guess. We don't we're not that's, used to that's the people word. this big being this fluid and playing for a long time. Right. So, and Chet
0: Holmgren has already been injured, right? We have a long history of guys with foot issues. Um that that graveyard of NBA hopes is is well established. I got another I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I am I am I'm curious where you want to go with this. I want to go um to
1: uh we're ever gonna have an (laughs) are we ever gonna have an american basketball player be the best player in the league again probably like jason tatum jason tatum zion williamson those are only hopes for the next several years it's
0: real hard for the tiny percentage of nba fans who are america first it's really (laughs) hard to be a jingoistic nationalist in I mean, the NBA these days, dude, Embiid, Luke, uh, Jokic, even, it's even the thing where like the white dudes are all awesome and they're not from
1: here. I did this again on my podcast with my friend Charlie, whom you've never met. Nah. We talked about this and he tried to tell me I was wrong and I was like, nah, bruh, the future of this league.
2: Uh, <laughs> I
0: mean, it doesn't help when the guy that we're measuring uh, Victor against is Scoot and even his name sounds like a little, a little motion. Just like little Scoot. It's a little Scoot.
1: Scoot. Scoot does sound like the little brother of the player that you really want. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we're gonna pick up Scoot. We're gonna give Scoot a scholarship scoot too. Scoot Henderson Vic is
0: coming. Scoot Henderson may well be the next great point guard in the NBA. Scoot know. Henderson is also what I would tell Scoot Henderson if Victor <laughs> Wembanyama was available to draft. Scoot, comma Henderson. Yes, fair. Give me that. Give me the French kid. I think you earned a check on that one. I don't think there's anything else to do. I I think it's Mina. Is it Mina time? Oh, at long last, it's time to unleash the Mina. Yes. Welcome back, Mina Kimes. You are apparently like, she's like in one of those like fighting robot cockpits. She's like in a Gundam right now.
1: (laughs) What? What about (laughs) this looks like a Gundam?
0: Look, it's like it has like a fancy like uh It looks like an ESPN studio studio
1: with a swivel chair. The the swivel chairs that are in every... ESPN building that you've ever been in. This doesn't feel I'm sorry, Bob.
0: Why are you, you raining on my uh, Pacific Rim, Illusion?
2: You can't see this, but I'm actually sitting in my most natural position, which when I which I work in, which is my legs all the way up, knees oh. right below my chin. <laughs> if I lift a little bit higher,
0: that there, is, you go. there it is. That is for the podcast audience, Mina has proven that she is not piloting uh, a giant fighting robot, it turns out. Yeah. But guess who is also here to help us co pilot? It's Alabaster back again.
3: I'm uh, back, guys, and ready understand. to ask you some questions about football. The first one I want to talk about is two offenses that appear to be on very different paths. And my question for you all is, whose offense do you have more faith in this weekend, the Cowboys or the Rams?
0: Ugh. Like, it's not the Rams for me. Can I just say oh. that? <laughs> I complained about this so long. <laughs> I mean, I, I hate the fact that Matt Stafford uh, I've been watching him up close, relying on him for totally uh, yeah. non self-interested reasons. Cooper Rush has turned the ball over zero times. Matt Stafford is the most turnover uh, quarterback in the NFL right now. So Cooper give me the Rush Sorry.
2: Through two interceptions that just didn't <laughs> count last week. He should have been picked off at least twice yeah. by the Bengals. This is box score watching, and I will not tolerate
1: normally pablo comes in with a nice clean setup and tells us about how cooper Rush is coming off the bench and playing well keeping the cowboys afloat and how the super bowl hangover is happening to matt stafford oh. and that offensive line is weak and then passes it to us but clearly there's some money being lost here or something i'm just he came in hot Like, what is... Oh, this is... Yeah, why are you so upset? He was your fantasy fantasy quarterback, I drafted
0: Matt Stafford. I drafted the Rams defense, too. I just dropped the Rams defense. Tried to drop Matt Stafford, but Alex Caruso bid on Jared Goff and got him ahead of me. And so I'm stuck with Matt Stafford. Sorry, that's a lot of stuff that nobody cares about, but this is actually perfect.
2: Was this entire thing just set up for him to mention he's in a league with Alex Caruso? Is that that what
1: we walked into? What a lame brag. But anyway, I I have... So it's... I want to say I have more faith in the Cowboys because... Because we've seen them play well recently, but you can also look at their opponents and say, ah, 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 and they haven't really been <laughs> tested, in part because their defense has been playing really well. And again, their opponents are, ah, ah. so I don't know. I, I, I think that the, last, the lasting image of the Rams offense is going against the 49ers in primetime, and we know how those primetime games stick in all of our minds. We don't appreciate how good the 49ers' defense is, so I kind of think I have more faith in the Rams' offense. <laughs> but in this particular game, they're yeah. going up against this Cowboys' defense who is very strong up front, so I'm sorry. That O-line is going to get obliterated again, and I guess I've gotten my way around to saying I believe Say in it. Cooper Rush.
0: Yes. In rush Cooper we trust. Rush. In this rush is such we trust. a... And, and Micah Parsons is still terrifying. He is always. This is
2: such a uh, a narrative setter for the Rams because first they have prime time against the Niners, and then they have Cowboys. Every Cowboys time game is essentially a prime time game, or we yep. seem to make it a prime time game, um, which happens to be, the, as you said, Dominique, like you hinted at, the other best pass rush in the NFL, and is going to make the Rams' offense look significantly worse than they actually are. Whereas on the other side of the ball. Um, You know, the Cowboys' offense has, like, been fine. It's been efficient with Cooper Rush. It's not been notable or excellent, but it's been good enough. And I would say against this Rams defense that has some holes that have been – I would say, like, kind of exposed in different weeks, you could see them having some success. So against all odds, I am going to take the Cooper Rush Clay Cowboys in this one. Yes!
1: <laughs> Neither of us want to. Do you know see the I'm look on both of yet. our faces? <laughs> both of us are, like, kind of disgusted by this. Because I love
0: it when I stumble into what the experts agree on. <laughs> yeah, this is great. I think that
1: maybe, I can't speak for me, <laughs> but part of this is, like, I know everybody wants the answer to be Cooper Rush, and I want badly to find a way to tell them, no, that's not the answer. I but know. But that defense is so good because I know in my heart Cooper Rush is not like
2: here's why we hate it we hate it because everything football always has to be about the quarterbacks and we know being people who actually care about the sport that if you switch the quarterbacks this would be very easy a Matthew Stafford led Cowboys team would dominate relative to a Cooper Rush led Rams team but unfortunately football is contextual and these teams are playing on their current teams against these defenses
0: I mean, it does seem pretty clear that Cooper Rush is benefiting from some stuff happening around him including the opponents that he's playing. Like I have total understanding that okay, he's being graded on a curve, but when you talk about what the Rams are showing you that is worrisome. Like what are you seeing that's actually beyond the quarterback stuff that's a real problem here? You really well, have there- to ask
2: yeah. I mean, the two biggest, <laughs> most glaring things are the offensive line, particularly the interior of the Rams' offensive line, which is injured, has, was struggling before they got injured. Um, and they should get some players back. I think David Edwards, who's their starting guard, should be back this week. That should help, but still not mm. great. And then the lack of receiver depth. And this is what's been, I think, the most shocking thing because there was so much hype around Allen Robinson this offseason. The sense that he was finally you know, free of... Playing with all these terrible quarterbacks, and he was going to be excellent, and he has been a big one. With a
0: terrible quarterback. (laughs) He's been playing with a terrible quarterback. (laughs) <laughs> 62 wide receivers have run at least 100 routes this season. Allen Robinson ranked 61st in yards per route run. Seems like a bit of column A and column B. To yeah,
1: be honest. don't you you do not let your personal bias leak in too much. I'm sorry that Alex Caruso got Jared Goff. Like that's a, a sad state Very for your fantasy times. team. If you're upset because you couldn't scoop up the golf, well, actually he's putting up numbers this year, so that's not fair. But absolutely, yeah, is I think the Fifth the fantasy quarterback. The lack of running game, I guess you can point to that the offensive well. line too, but also it doesn't seem like Cam Akers is the Cam Akers that I thought he was going to be at least when they drafted him, and he has injuries and all that stuff could be part of this. But the we talked about this in the offseason. season. I have nothing against Allen Robinson, but I didn't think he was a good fit for this situation. Like the what you need out there is a is a different type of threat. We had this conversation. Uh, I believe before the season, started, might have been on we your dude, podcast,
0: Mina. Can we, no, no. We had a conversation on this fake television show in which uh, the first name that was uttered in previewing that game, Rams, Bills, was Kevin Clark declaring the virtues of Allen Robinson. Oh, if you yeah, can play and- a little bit of that clip in the edit, please.
1: Odell's not back. Von Miller's not back. Allen Robinson is better than Odell at this point in his career. Oh, and then can you play the clip where I look smart, too? Like, show that one. <laughs>
0: yeah, I guess Erase all
1: the ones where I look silly. Um, but, yeah, that's a part of the problem is it feels like they need a different type of weapon there. And Allen Robinson is not, no. at least for me, the the way I watched that 49ers game. And, again, it's not fair to use that game as the only uh, barometer for how good they are. But they were allowed, the 49ers were allowed to be incredibly aggressive because they didn't, the Rams don't have anybody that, like, is going to hit a home run.
2: And yeah. so it's like they're mm-hmm.
1: completely comfortable for the risk-reward of, like, if if our blitz doesn't get home, okay, y'all got seven yards. We'll bleach you again next time, and we'll keep doing it until somebody gets home, and that'll kill a drive. A 10-yard loss on a blitz will kill a drive no matter where it is. And that's a bad situation to be in, and you can't run the ball to slow down the pass rush. Like, just throwing it to Cooper Cup ain't going to cut it
2: what they need is the guy who is currently treating the entire nfl like his own personal season of the bachelor odell (laughs) beckham jr masterful job
0: by him love
2: his approach right now just showing up at practice facilities and various sidelines getting me being on like the sidelines of games teasing fan bases it's so great and I wish it could continue, but at some point, he is going to be healthy and he's going to choose a team, and there is no football team on earth that needs him more than the Los Angeles Rams.
1: But, I mean, that's a whole nother conversation. It's not a question of Alabaster asked, but I'm not sure if that's the team that he should want to go to. Um, I guess yep. it's a whole nother conversation. Oh. Uh, but, I mean, I mean there's it's a comf- there's comfort level there. That is where he is loved. It's funny how the narrative around him changed. Or well, not funny, but it's interesting because – everyone's down on him and then they were like he's the reason why we won and it feels like everyone
0: was high on him he
1: should have been the super bowl mvp if he yeah, stayed healthy
0: and meanwhile baker mayfield is not doing much yeah. to help the other side of the ledger yeah in he's, the meantime he's
1: he's certainly helping the uh the odell beckham senior and junior yes. side of
0: it. <laughs> it's like <laughs> odell hey
1: beckham's senior enterprises yeah. are booming right odell now. odell beckham's <laughs> daddy was right <laughs>
3: Guys, I do have one quick follow-up about Odell, and that's basically, um, I think a lot of the narrative has been that he could actually fix this Rams team, but are we right to expect that coming off his second ACL tear in two and a half years?
2: Uh, I mean, you asked a question that's frankly impossible to answer, Charlie. <laughs> we are not doctors. Um, you know, ACLs, we have you know often seen a lot of wide receivers at this point come off of ACLs and look okay. Obviously, it's a second. Significant injury. I think just from a football perspective, though, um, what he brings to this offense in terms of being that big play threat, forcing defenses to account for a receiver other than Cooper Cup, allowing Matthew Stafford to you know have that option when he works to his backside. And Odell's there. It's very clear that he would elevate the offense, even if the offensive line was still struggling.
1: So what is the reality show? Because Mina, you brought up the bachelor for Odell Beckham Jr. What's the reality show where you kind of have to choose? Because that's kind of what's going to happen when Odell, or if Odell comes (laughs) back, right?
2: Well, um, it's kind of like yeah. I watched a show, which is honestly one of the worst shows I've ever seen in my life, called The Ultimatum. Do you guys know about that one on Netflix? i have No oh, idea. Charlie, I think so. I
0: watched it. Yeah. I think there I've seen. So it. many reality shows on the
2: Netflix. premise. This one was very dark, though. The premise yeah. is that your significant other, one of them, one person in a relationship wants to get married, um and as a t- to basically force the question, the ultimatum. They go to an apartment building where they all pair up with someone else in another relationship. They live in that relationship, like live with their new partner for a while. That's month. this, that's what's and happening. And then they reunite with their old partner to see if.
1: That's what's happening. Wow. There's I really a little cave swap in here. I came I didn't to the, came to that, the right place for my reality show analogy oh, because man. you're right. They went on, uh, uh, like, uh, I guess they moved in. With Allen Robinson for a little while, and now Odell's gonna come back, but Allen's not gonna leave. It's gonna be real awkward. No. When well, Alan and comes then
2: back.
0: that's the problem with this metaphor: is that that dude's just there, unswapping.
2: <laughs> yeah, making fifteen million dollars different. a year.
0: Okay, next football topic:
3: Who are you more confident in on Sunday night, the Bengals or Ravens? Uh,
1: <sighs> probably you're gonna set this one up with a little less
0: emotion I have, this I have, time. I have I have one dispassionate stat <laughs> that I want to give you, which is mind blowing, right? So the Ravens are two and two. They have trailed for 14 oh, yeah. seconds total. They have trailed for less than a Rick patino, which <laughs> is just an amazing thing when you're a two and two football. Team. Oh man.
2: Yeah, I mean, um, they have been playing better. Um, They have, however, I think played defenses that have given them more favorable looks. And we know that the Ravens defense, which this year plays a lot more zone, is probably going to play a lot of split safety against the Bengals, cover two quarters, um, which Cincinnati has not shown consistently that they can move the ball on. They sure as hell can't run the ball on it, which continues to be an issue for them. The problem is for Baltimore, um, you know, as much as we worry about the defense, I'm actually pretty worried about the offense in this game because Rashad Bateman has not been practicing. And if he's out, man, like this offense, you saw what happened when he went out in the fourth quarter against the Bills or when he wasn't playing. Like, it just looks congested. And outside of Lamar Jackson, they can't really run the ball well, which is very confusing. So it just feels like uh, yet another example of them saying, all right, Lamar, go be Superman and, you know, we'll see if it works out.
1: Yeah, it's hard for me to to divorce myself of the history of this division and these two teams. And there's just an inherent trust that I think the I Ravens know. have built up in all of us that I'm not sure has earned yet this season. Even though they've only trailed in 14 for 14 seconds, it's a trust in Lamar Jackson. It's a trust in the Ravens' defensive pedigree, which obviously isn't there. And the Bengals have the off the, have the opposite like uh, affliction, where everything the Bengals do, we're kind of like, all right, you went on that run. You were like two plays from winning a Super Bowl, but you're still kind of the Bengals. So, like, I'm trying to be honest about my evaluation, but I think when it comes down to it, I still just kind of am like, the Ravens are really smart. Their coaches make good decisions. Their rosters are normally well-constructed, and they normally have good game plans. Well, they used to have good game plans. <laughs> and, the, and all is the opposite for for the Bengals, and I I feel like maybe I'm just relying on this institutional history and that's not a right that's not a smart way to go into evaluating teams
0: hold on Mina you're making a face when Dominique was talking about defensive pedigree and I want to ask you about a stat that is less disgusting but is no less relevant which is the fact that the Ravens defense leads the NFL in takeaways right they're really good except in those giant choke jobs that we're talking about against the Bills, against the Dolphins, where yeah. they had zero takeaways in those fourth quarters. Is that a thing, or is I that actually, a fluke?
2: Yeah, takeaways can be a little bit fluky. However, I do think they have DBs who are pretty physical and sticky, the kind of corners who do take the football away. Also, Patrick Queen has had like many interceptions thrown directly to him, so they could have even more. Um, mm-hmm. But I'll say this, like in defense of the Ravens' defense, they absolutely blew it against Miami. I wouldn't really say the Bill's loss was on them. I thought they actually played better that game. And then Josh Allen took over and became Josh Allen's super soldier, whereas the Ravens' own offense ground to a halt. So it felt like actually they kind of improved last week. Um, the problem for me has just been the absence of a pass rush. Yeah. And that if they can't beat this Bengals offensive line, which everyone else seems to be having success with, I'd be pretty worried. Yeah,
1: that's what it comes down to is I think that is that's the argument that I that I presented for why I thought the Ravens would succeed in this game is because their issue is the pass rush and they're going up against a team that doesn't protect the passer that well. So yeah. like this is when you say styles make fights, this is a style that works well for the Ravens and uh, Lamar Jackson on offense is just like, all right, even if the scheme stinks he's going to make you enough plays or to put you in position to win or be close at least. So I don't know. The same can be said for Joe Burrow, at
0: least not this year. Mm. I mean, where my brain goes next is to continue to focus on the quarterbacks, but now I'm self conscious about whether all of us in general <laughs> are just doing that way too much. Well the Bengals are a the
2: really good example <laughs> of that. Like their defense has been quietly playing like extremely good football this season, uh-huh. but we're panicking about them constantly because the quarterback doesn't look as good right. as he did last year. Nobody's talking about Trey Hendrickson and Jesse Bates and Logan Wilson and Chidobe we with all the playing uh, right.
1: Oh, he's the he's man. He's been
2: crushing it.
1: Yeah. yeah. Eli's good too. Apple, Eli's everyone's too. favorite.
0: Oh nice man. How is his Twitter account doing these days? Is um, he still is he still as as prolific or no? Is he is he just Oh, Alabaster. I, I hope you have an answer to my social media inquiry.
3: Uh, I don't, but I do have a I have one football question because I actually am worried about part of the Bengals' offense, and that's their inability to run, run the, the ball, ball against light boxes. Uh-huh. Shouldn't that I be like, a worry that this team is yeah. not as complete offensively? Yeah, I mean, they nice. look horrible running football.
1: It's absolutely a concern, particularly if your quarterback struggle. I mean, I guess all defenses or all offenses struggle uh, when they're one dimensional. But like, there's a whole storyline about Joe Burrow not being able to beat cover two and you beat cover two by running the ball most easily. And if you can't run the ball against cover two, then what's the point in anyone ever coming out of it? Just stay in it all game and destroy Joe Burrow. So that's why the running game matters. And I don't know, like Joe Mixon is a really good running back or so I thought. And I feel like part of this, we want to blame the offensive line, which they deserve, but also like Joe Mixon's uh, one of those backs that you think can is additive, you know, it's not like a back that's like, needs everything yeah. to be blocked up for him. He's a back that should be able to make some plays here and there when it's not blocked up. I don't expect him to do it, but he hasn't done that either. So I don't know where the answers are going to come from. If they can't run the ball against cover two, you just can't play football.
0: Mm. So far, the answers are not coming from Eli Apple's Twitter account. He has only retweeted things since August, which is very disappointing. Focused.
2: Bogues that's right that's that's the move of someone who knows that they're not welcome on twitter is when they just retweet stuff like when you go to their timeline it's all retweets <laughs> uh, you know plain and safe
0: hey uh, i feel like I'm I feel sorry like sorry times, the master of twitter analytics is way dead there are times, <laughs> there are times when i just go and
1: only retweet uh, am i not welcome on twitter don't answer that question.
2: You actually are really good at it because when you do tweet your own original thoughts, it's like out of nowhere, sort of. And I feel like <laughs> yeah, people are get get a little more. Yep.
0: Mina comes. some have called you Debatable's favorite friend. I will make that editorial judgment, Dominique, because, you know, we're yeah, like parents and we love all of our kids. No, we don't. Um, it's Mina and it's the rest of them. Wow. Fox I'm going to have to explain some things to the yeah, rest I of our kids. explain nothing to but... them. They know.
1: They know. The favorite kid knows they're the favorite kid
0: and I love the audience.
1: Too. I love them too. Just less than we love Mina.
2: I gotta go change into my Fashion Nova leisure wear. <laughs> 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 is it all Fashion Nova? It's leisure all neon. Man?
0: It's all leisure wear. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all also extraordinarily Also, Clips is flammable. a lot of
2: accounts where they're like, you'll never expect, and it's just a woman wearing a normal shirt, and then all of a sudden, boom! <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, come on. That's mm. just good content.